0: Surviving the curse of the 80-20 rule on today's episode of Serve No Master. Today's episode is brought to you by Namecheap, the only place where I go to buy all of my websites. To find out how much you can save and get a free year of identity protection, go to servenomaster.com backslash namecheap.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host.
0: The 80-20 rule is this very interesting and universal principle. It says that 80% of your money will come from 20% of your effort. And it applies to a lot of different aspects of your new and fledgling business. When you're first starting out, you're going to be caught between these two poles. At one end is making money, pure capitalism, pure mercenary. At the other end of the spectrum is passion, pleasure, and enjoyment. Every time you're deciding what to work on for the day, you're caught between what you should do and what you want to do. That's really the balance between the 80-20 rule as you're beginning your business, as you're first starting to build an endeavor online. An example of this is you're starting your new blog. And right now you're in the middle of one of my blog contest cycles, which I'm excited about if you are. Maybe you're starting your blog this week or you've had a blog for a few weeks, whatever. You've got your blog going and you've written a few posts and you sit down for the night. you work. You got your two hours in front of you. You have two hours to work. And all you work on is the aesthetics of your blog. You just think, oh, I want to make it look better. And so you spend two hours doing design work. And the two hours of design work oftentimes won't change anything about your revenue streams. It won't increase your number of visitors, won't increase your length of stay, won't lower your bounce rate, doesn't do anything. It just looks nicer, makes you feel better about it. If you spent the same amount of time writing new blog posts, those blog posts could have gotten more comments, more likes, more social media, more traffic, and generated you a bigger following, which means more people join your mailing list, more people buy stuff from you or click on your advertising. That would have actually generated more money. This is the 80-20 rule of place. You didn't feel like writing blog posts. You wanted to make your site look better because it feels good for you. You were driven by the second motivation, desire, rather than the first motivation, profit. This is a very simple example of the 20 rule in action. It's very easy every day as you're working to get caught up in things that matter to you, that don't matter anywhere else. These are rabbit holes. These are little things that don't matter very much. An example of this is... Within my own membership site, with my bestseller coaching program, there's nine modules and there's around a 100 training videos covering everything about building an Amazon empire. Everything from choosing your first topic to designing the cover of your first book to finding reviews to getting traffic all the way through audiobooks and building a mailing list and building a tribe from books. It covers everything. It's a huge course. For a very long time, when you went through that course, you'd notice that the icons were all messed up you clicked on lesson 1 and lesson 2 the text was always correct but the icon would look wrong and people would say to me why didn't you fix that and i say well i wanted to launch the course have it making money before i went into the stuff that's aesthetic but wouldn't make a difference because the content is the most important part so i did all the content for the course first recorded all the videos made all the worksheets did all of that stuff first because that's the most important part even though for me in my heart yeah i wanted it to look really good and in fact when i finally did it it took me 5 or 6 hours to go in and fix the look and now if you go through that course it looks amazing This is me resisting rabbit holes, resisting things that matter a little bit and people will complain about. People often will complain about small things that don't affect your business. Sometimes people say, I really don't like this. A perfect example just happened to me recently. If you've seen the contest, I'm running a contest this August. If this is the future, if you're watching this down the line, I'll probably be running a different contest. Every month, I run different contests on my website to get people really excited. Some months, it's a contest about starting your first blog in 30 days. Some months, I do a contest where everyone writes a book all at the same time. We launch books together. We have a big contest where I do that, and sometimes I partner with another author, and we do something really amazing. I love running contests and having competitions to get people into that cooperative spirit. For my podcast launch contest... Give away all these cool prizes, give away some cool stuff from Amazon, some of my best courses, all of that stuff. I made this video. It took me a really long time. I spent a really long time making that video using cartoon software. And I sent it to a couple of people. I sent it to someone who makes between seven and eight figures a year. I sent it to two people that have done some intern stuff for me in the past. One of the interns is making a couple of thousand dollars a month. And one of the guys doesn't follow a lot of the stuff I said. He's doing 50 to $80 a month because he went in a direction that I said not to do. He's doing all these things I said not to do. The feedback from the person making the most money was very simple. He said, there's one sentence where the audio is messed up. Change that and the video's perfect. When people first hear that, it'll sound a little bit weird. And he was right. I'd actually been thinking about that. The guy in the middle said, this looks cool. Good job. And the guy who's making the least amount of money was like, all I know is that the cartoon face is out of sync with your voice. And I wasn't even trying to sync up those things. It's a little character hopping around. He's actually moving on a loop. He's not synced up to my voice at all. So when you're getting advice, when you're listening to different people, you want to make sure you know the source. To fix the voice thing, it took me 20 or 30 minutes. I don't know why I re-recorded the sentence like 10 times. It kept sounding the same. It sounded really echoey when I would say this one sentence. I have no idea why it was so weird. I had to redo it a bunch of times, but I fixed it, Redid the video, re-uploaded a better version to YouTube. Now anyone who sees it will only hear it with the better audio thing. I fixed that. To me about 20 minutes. Now, to fix the cartoon thing and try and sync up the voice to the sound of my voice would have taken me probably two or three hours because it'd be very difficult. It's very hard to sync up something like that, to sync up a moving mouth with your voice. If you've done any cartooning, you know what I'm talking about. This is something very challenging and very advanced, way beyond my level of cartoon stuff. I used a cartoon piece of software that helps you a little bit. I could have spent my 20 doing something that makes the video way better, more profitable, or my 80... Working on the same thing, working on the same video, doing something that doesn't matter because no one cares about that. No one else will look at that video and ever think, why isn't this three-second loop of one of the characters on the screen synced up to my voice? We can get caught up in the wrong stuff simply by taking advice from the wrong people. Whenever you're deciding what to work on and you're getting advice, make sure you get advice from someone who's further up the mountain than you rather than someone behind you. There are a lot of people on make money online, start your own business, travel the world forums all over the world. There's people on these forums all the time that all they do is forum. They're just keyboard jockeys. They read other people's posts and they rewrite the same material. And they sound very impressive. There's a certain forum I've been a member for maybe 10 years, and I've only got a couple of hundred posts on there. But then there's other people that have 50,000 posts. And you see that, you go, wow, this guy has so many posts, he must be an expert. But really, it's someone who just knows how to read and regurgitate the same material. And when you get advice from someone like that, you think they're an expert because you see they've been a member for a long time. You see they've written a lot of posts. You think, oh, this person must know what they're talking about because they've written so many posts. And you end up getting advice that sends you down a rabbit hole that doesn't affect your profit margins. It doesn't actually help you. We keep running into different areas of business where the 80-20 rule can trap us. The way to overcome and defeat this limitation is to track your income. At the end of every month, look at where your money's coming from. Maybe you put up a couple of videos on YouTube. You did a couple of blog posts and you messed around on Facebook. One of them made $10, one of them made 20, and one of them made 100. Well, whichever one made the 100, now you know, okay, this is what's making me the most money. I want to do more and more of this. So the next month, you focus on that. For me, I noticed about a year ago when I was working for a lot of clients that a couple of clients were actually generating much more money for me. And I focused on them and I said, what can I do? to increase my money from you guys. And at that point I moved into copywriting. We talked about that and they said, yeah, if you could do the copy as well, we'll pay you two or three times as much. It massively bumped me up. And I moved into doing videos for them and copywriting for them. And for a lot of the clients I work with, people I partner with in all these different areas, I do these things. I noticed that. And then as I was working with them more and more, I noticed that some things would take a really long time for me to do. And some things I could do very quickly. Then I said, why don't I pay someone else to do this time-intensive thing, and then I'll just do the final edit, do the final rewrite, tighten it all up, and save myself massive amounts of time. Same thing for how I research. I can teach someone a lot about my research method, and they can make the notes for me so I don't actually have to read the book, because that's not effective. When I'm researching a book, it might take me three hours to read the book and generate my bullet points, generate my notes, generate that part of it. But that's not really valuable to me. I don't make any money from that. The money actually comes from taking those notes and turning them into the content. That's where the real value is. Once those notes are generated, I can then write something really amazing. And actually taking notes from a book isn't a high-level skill. Most people can do it. Anybody who graduated high school and worked a little bit hard or anyone who went to college knows how to take notes. They can read a book and just mark the highlights. And they can generate bullet points. That's not the high-level skill. The really advanced thing I can do is take those notes and write an amazing book from it. I discovered as I was working this part, I can get someone else to do Another example of the 80-20 rule is when I'm learning to write copy or write a sales video for a market, the first thing I do is I watch a competitor's video to get a feel for the flow of the story, the beats, the story arc, all of those things. Then you take that video, you turn it into text, you transcribe it, and then I kind of chop it up and then really look at the sections. I really analyze it to understand the flow. All of that's very time intensive. For me to actually listen and write down an entire audio script, that's insane. That's a huge amount of time. 30, 45 minute video would end up taking me three, four, five hours to do. That's a huge amount of time. That's a full day of work for me. Instead, I can pay someone else to do it for $30. The place I use charges a dollar a minute. Sometimes when you're doing the 80-20 rule, you realize you're spending huge amounts of time on something that doesn't make you any money. But sometimes you'll discover, I'm spending huge amounts of time on something I can pay someone else to do and it's very low. I can pay someone else a small amount of money to do it. Those are the two things you want to look at. If you're spending a lot of time doing something that's generating revenue, building your business, make sure that it's very profitable for you. If it's something you can get someone else to do for very cheap, it's better to do that. It's better to pay someone else to do it. If I'm making $100 from a project and it will take me 10 hours, or I can pay someone $20 to do nine hours of the work, I make less total money, but I make more money per hour. So pay attention to the money-to-time ratio. Sometimes you can cut your paycheck by 20%, but cut your work by 80%. This is the value in outsourcing. This is the value in working with teams. This is the value in paying people to do small tasks for you. As you're first starting out, and as I teach in my blog, walking through step-by-step, setting up your first blog, building it out, I do think you should manually do that part yourself. First, learn that because it's very simple. It can be done in less than an hour, even if you're a total technological beginner. But as far as designing your blog, when you get to that point where you want to make it look really beautiful and amazing and add in all these cool special effects, it might take you a very long time to learn how to do it. It's better to have someone else do it. This is the 80-20 rule when it comes to hiring people. Don't hire people to do things where it's more expensive the value. So for example, same project. I have the project. I'm going to get paid $100. I don't want to pay someone else $110 to do the work for me. I'm going to take a loss. And I don't want to pay someone else $90. i am only going to make 10 And I'm going to end up having to manage them, work on it. I'll end up taking the loss. You want to pay attention to that ratio and make sure that there's a big spread between the value you're getting, whether it's someone else paying you or the amount of time it's saving you and what you're spending. You don't want to pay someone $100 to save you an hour of your time. That's a very high wage. But you do want to pay someone $20 to save you 10 hours of your time. That's the difference. So You want to think about the value of the time you get back. Right now, I'm working on a project, a little video game thing, and I paid someone else a third of the money to do 99% of the work. They're going to do most of the work. I'll go through and do the final edit, the final read through, clean up everything, test everything, make sure it's super tight. But it would have taken me a huge amount of time to do the project on my own. It's very, very labor intensive, taking lots of screenshots, lots of technical stuff. Instead, getting someone else to do it, I'm getting back a huge amount of time. Yes, I'll make less money from the project. But in the end, the product will be better because the person I'm working with is very, very good. I often hire other writers to do first drafts for me, rough drafts for me, help me with stuff. There's often work coming from me. Part of being in my tribe for forming relationships with me is that I often pass work on to the people that are in my tribe or that I know are serious about what they do. This person will do an excellent job. I have total faith in their ability. They've worked with me on several projects in the past. I get the value of getting my time back because I'm very busy with several other projects at the same time and they get the value of a project they can do, making an amount of money that's good for them, for the amount of effort they're putting in. We create these good ratios. There's value for both people. There's value for me, and then I get my time back. There's value for them, and then they have work. They have work coming in. They have something they're getting paid a good wage for, and it's something inside their skill set. Track your time. Track your profits. The more you know what you spent your time doing, the more you know where your different money is coming from, then you can say, oh, this is what I need to invest more effort in. Each month, or even at the end of each week, look at the money that's come in, look at the value you've gotten from your different projects. If you put five books on Amazon and one book is making 90% of the money, well then focus on that one book, do everything you can to build it up, make a sequel, make bundles, make extra prizes, do anything you can to build up that one property, rather than focusing on the other books that all combined are making 10%, because each of those other books is worth, what, two or 3% of your income. This is the 80-20 rule, and it really comes out when you pay attention to your results. Most people working for yourself, we put in 160 hours of work a month. Let's say you're working a full time work for yourself, 40 hours a week, about 160 hours a month, four week month. At the end of the month, you go, I worked this many hours and this is how much I got paid. That is the nine to five mindset. That is a total amount of time in versus amount of money. When you work for yourself, you want to look at where each piece of money came from so you can isolate which work you're doing that's the most profitable. Now, I can't tell you in advance which thing that will be. You may discover that you make all your money from YouTube. And then the person next to you discovers they do much better with blog posting. I can tell you right now, I don't know how successful this podcast will be. I can't predict in advance that this podcast will be more or less successful than my book on Amazon or more or less successful for my business than my blog. I can't tell you because I haven't started tracking yet. Now down the line in a couple of months when I've done more tracking, I'll be able to give you that information, but I can't tell in advance before I do it. I can only tell afterwards. And this is why you want to track at the end of each month and say, I got this many visits from YouTube, this many visits from my podcast, this many visits from Facebook. That's the first level of tracking, tracking your following, tracking your traffic, saying these efforts led to this many visitors. When you get a little more sophisticated, and there's a lot of software that can help you with this, you want to track the value of your visitors. Let's say you get a thousand visitors to your website this month and a hundred people bought something. And you'll look and you'll go, I got 500 visitors from YouTube, 300 from Facebook, and 200 from Twitter. So you think, I should really focus on that 500 and grow that because you think that's my largest amount of traffic. And you spend the next month and really invest and grow that 500 to 5,000, but then you only sell 200 units. Your profit doesn't grow proportionally. That's because you're just looking at total traffic rather than the quality of the traffic. Maybe when you do more research, you discover that only 200 people come from Twitter, but 75 of your sales came from Twitter. So we know... That quantity is great, but quality is what we want to move into next, saying this is where I get people that actually buy stuff. When I started my first business online, my very first business was selling video, doing SEO for local businesses, for small clients in my area. I would get 20, 30 visitors to my website a day, not a huge amount, but any individual client was going to pay me 500 to $2,000 a month. So I didn't need huge numbers because I had quality. I, for a while, was on page one of Google for the term SEO. So I would get all this traffic from Google. 99% of my traffic, I started getting 100, 200, 300 visitors a day. All of this traffic were people that were researching the term or people owned other SEO companies. There were no sales ever came from that keyword. But when I would post on Craigslist and it would generate traffic, almost always it would lead to a sale. When someone's on my Craigslist ad and if they click from the ad to my website, probably 99% of the time they would call me or email me. We would move into negotiations and then most of those I would end up closing. Then you're in the point of where they actually have the money, when you have the meeting, all those steps. But the first step is really seeing if they're even a buyer at all. There's people that are online and they're just doing research. They're just looking up stuff. I all the time type in search terms on Google and I'm just looking up stuff and doing research. I'm not in buy mode. But if I'm on Amazon and I do the same search, I'm ready to buy. And Craigslist is the same way. It's a site where people are ready to buy. Begin to track your traffic, your efforts, and say, this is where the majority of my profits are coming from. These are the customers. It might be the smallest total number of customers, but they're the customers that generate the most revenue. As we build our business, as you learn more and more, you get more sophisticated. So you'll keep hitting walls, and the solution will be to 80-20 your previous month over and over again. First, to 80-20 your time. Then you start to 80-20 rule looking at your traffic. Then you start 80-20 rule looking at your profits. How do these people actually buy stuff? Then, The next level beyond that, as you're building your business and growing and growing, you start to look at lifetime customer value. People from source A, they all buy. 100% of them buy something, but only 10% of them buy anything else. People from source B, 50% of them buy, but of those people, all of them buy two more products. So even though source B generates less initial sales, less short-term profit, long-term, they're two to three times more valuable. This is where you start to look at a term which is lifetime customer value. And that's where these numbers come into play as you're building a business. When you hear people saying these terms, this is the 80-20 rule. I want to invest in a place that generates the most valuable long-term customers. Each phase, as you build your business, you'll continue to run into these areas where what should I spend today working on? And looking at your past and doing accurate tracking will allow you with the 80-20 rule to make the right decisions so you become more and more efficient. And this is how you can keep making more money without doing big changes. And you can make the same amount of money by doing 80% less work. That's what's so amazing and so powerful about the 80-20 rule. To celebrate the launch of this podcast, I'm giving away some epic prizes. You could win an Amazon tap and have me personally turn you into a best-selling author. To win your part of over $20,000 in prizes, go to servenomaster.com backslash contest.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.